Okay, now we can start. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep, where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Did Matt Peck yeah. get a signed copy of that book? No, Matt Peck, he didn't. No. No. I'll talk to D. Rose. Yeah, you got it. Matt, well, you will be getting your book soon. <laughs> Left side three. Remy. Remy. Got it. Clean turnaround jumper up. Get it. Onions. Baby onions. Kobe White. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Locked on Bulls starts now. You can just see the vibe. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. We're on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Matt, what's going on? Good to talk to you again, man. It's been a crazy, weird week in Chicago sports here, and I, I guess sports in general, too, because we had, to me at least, I wasn't disappointed by the NBA Finals game one last night. I was disappointed to see Jimmy roll his ankle, and I'm crossing my fingers that he's going to be okay and this doesn't become an absolute bloodbath for the Heat. Uh, but what were your overall expectations, and what did you think of game one, and how are you, man? What's up, Jordan? What's up, Bulls Nation? Doing well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think game one went about as I expected it to. I think a lot of people, because of the the fun, crazy run the Heat have had through these bubble playoffs, thought that maybe we were in for a surprisingly close series. And, you know, one game doesn't mean anything. Um, but that game one went about as I expected it to, uh, which was a fairly, you know, cakewalk, stroll through the park victory for the Lakers. Uh, you know, uh, AD putting up an effortless 30-point game. LeBron doing his usual game one shtick where he just kind of hangs back and gets other people involved. He finished with a near triple-double, 25-13-9. and nine. Um, And then, obviously, the one, the one outside shot that most people gave Miami in this series was if they could do their best to contain AD and LeBron, force the Lakers to be an outside shooting team that's not a very good outside shooting team while simultaneously making their shots from deep, maybe they could make it a series. Well, they pretty much failed to do that across the board last night. The Heat finished 11 of 35 from deep, 31.4%. Well, meanwhile, the Lakers finished 15 of 38 for 39 and a half percent. And a lot of those Lakers misses came in the fourth quarter when their scrubs were just chucking up shots and they already had the victory in the bag. Through the first three quarters, the Lakers were like dominating and shooting like close to close to like 58, 59% from three. So coupling that with the injuries we saw, you know, you mentioned Jimmy's ankle. Not only that, we just now got updates earlier today from uh, Shams and Mark Stein, who said that Goran Dragic and Bam are both now listed as doubtful for game two. Bam having a neck strain. Uh, you know, X- x-rays were negative, but the MRI revealed a neck strain for Bam and Goran Dragic dealing with that foot injury uh, that caused him to leave the game, and he did not return in game one. So between that and maybe Jimmy trying to play through and play on a hobbled ankle from when he got his ankle rolled over, I mean, th- this is a wrap, man. 
Like, unless LeBron promised Adam Silver to cough up a game on purpose to give the finals at least a fifth game for the sake of ratings and TV money, like, you know, I, I didn't expect this to be a close series. And after one game, it doesn't look like it's going to be. Maybe they'll give the Chicago guy a chance to fill in for Goran Dragic and Kendrick Nunn. I know he said kind of a bizarre storyline and feel bad for him, too, because he dealt with COVID early on and had some struggles with that and... You know, everything that went with this heat run kind of didn't include him. And you saw that with the last couple of series where he fell out of the rotation. So I'm wondering if they're going to try and get him going. I know he had 18 points on 11, 8 of 11 shooting. And I, I get it was in garbage time and the Lakers were up, what, 15, 20 points at that point. Uh, but maybe that's your key. I was going back and looking at his stats against the two games they played in the regular season against the Lakers. I mean, man, he shot 45% from the field and averaged 13-5-3, and three. so maybe that's your secret weapon off the bench if Goran Dragic can't go, but yeah, the Heat look like they're having a massive uphill battle if Bam can't go and if Goran Dragic can't go tomorrow night. For all for all the small ball stuff, you know, with, with the crazy small rockets and, you know, that experiment that clearly didn't work. The Lakers dominated them. The Heat, a small ball team that likes to put a lot of shooters around Jimmy. Like, yeah, they have Bam, but even Bam is not really like a true big. Like, I, I was looking at him standing next to Anthony Davis underneath the basket at one point last night, and I'm like, dude, Anthony Davis dwarfs Bam Adebayo, which is crazy. The, the Lakers had an 18, uh, an 18 rebound margin last night. You know, they they have the bigs to dominate this game as, as much as people are shifting towards positionless small ball basketball. If you have the bigs that are competent and can dominate the boards uh, and dominate scoring inside like the Lakers have, unless the unless the Heat are raining fire from three, which last night they were not, they're not going to have a prayer in this series. Matt, I got to give it to one guy, though. The one guy that uh, <laughs> I like to have a little bit of fun with and... Uh, we talked about him potentially coming to the Bulls as of last year. He got a lot of flack from Lakers fans early on in the season, too, saying that they should dump him. But he's been arguably one of the best players in this Lakers team since the bubble started back in August. Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Who we're high on. Yes, that's the guy KCP. I'm talking about. Uh, he's going to get paid, man. Man, he is going to get paid because he's hitting threes left and right. He's playing unbelievable defense. And I mean, I, I was I was reading some some tweets from people who cover the Lakers that I respect that said, arguably, KCP's been the third or fourth best Laker on this team throughout this entire playoff run. So if they don't pay him, I don't understand what they're doing. Uh, and to the complete opposite of that, Danny Green's been complete trash. I know people were giving him credit and whatever for hitting two threes yesterday and playing some decent defense, but he's been a ghost in this entire playoffs. And part of the reason why the Lakers didn't have as easy of a job getting to this point to the finals, but I will give KCP credit. I mean, he's figured it out, and again, it's not that it shouldn't be all that difficult to play alongside two of the top 10 players in the league in AD and LeBron, uh, but good for him. He's playing his role. And how about uh, the darling for the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals? You know, the Rook Tyler Hero, um, you know, who just had some incredible performances, especially his Game 4 performance to put the Heat up 3-1 on Boston. 6 for 18 for 14 points in 30 minutes off the bench last night. A game worst minus 35. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I was thinking about him and Duncan Robinson and the way that they were, the, the way that the Lakers were 
playing defense on both of those guys and containing them and the switches that they were making to on Duncan Robinson to basically eliminate any even an attempt at a, a at an open look. Uh, so they did the Lakers did a phenomenal job on the perimeter too. And the Heat need to be better. I don't think the Lakers are going to shoot. <laughs> like you were mentioning the stats. I mean, man, I looked at it. It was the Lakers were shooting sixty five percent from three, and they had over twenty threes taken five minutes into the third quarter. I was like, there's yeah. no way the Lakers are going to shoot over sixty five percent continuing throughout this series. So the, the Heat got to lock it up a little bit along the perimeter. I think we'll see a tighter game in game two. That is if if Bam's able to play and Goran Dragic right. is able to play. The, the shame is that the Heat may have lost two key pieces um, in a game where the Lakers just shot the lights out. So, you know, that, that, that could have sealed their fate in just one game, which is really unfortunate. Uh, Jordan, before we get to our later segments dis- dissecting what the Bulls' new GM, Mark Eversley, had to say in his first chat with the media in a while, wanted to tell our listeners about DoorDash. There's a lot of sports on right now, which for me, and hopefully for our listeners also, means ordering in when you're hungry because I'm lazy and I like ordering in food while I'm watching the games, whether it's playoff baseball, the NBA finals or football Sundays. And between the never ending laundry cycles, incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. So give yourself one less thing to worry about when you're sitting down to watch your game and let DoorDash take care of your meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. And Ordering is super easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local restaurants or choose from your favorite national spots like Chipotle, Wendy's, even the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's 5 bucks off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Among all the craziness going on in Chicago sports yesterday, Matt, with two baseball teams losing, uh, had bizarre, like bizarre, like every single person we haven't heard from uh, in the Blackhawks organization or the Bulls organization just had to speak yesterday, and I was listening, and and the funny thing is, is I didn't even know Mark Eversley was speaking today because their schedule was was released, and so that we were going to actually get an executive to talk today, but. It followed up and we got Mark Eversley yesterday and I was fascinated and highly encouraged by listening to the entire Zoom conference of Eversley and just the way he spoke, Matt. And this is the first time we've we've been able to hear from him since he was hired. And so there was a lot of interesting things asked, a lot of interesting questions answered, uh, but more the philosophy too, and the demeanor that Mark Eversley has. And I think AK has as well. It's going to resonate a ton with our fan base and exactly what we've been asking and looking for for a really long time. Before we get into some of the, the positives and just the overall philosophy of where they're going with this, with this rebuild, or I guess retool, we can kind of have a discussion on that. I want to talk about specific players too, because I think this is the most interesting thing out of the entire Zoom conference. Who do you want to start with first, Matt? Two guys that are going to be hot button issues going into next season. You want to start with Chris Dunn, or you want to start with Otto Porter? Let's let's start with Otto. We got to warm up to Chris Dunn after our last Chris Dunn conversation. 
That's true. And we didn't even get to finish that conversation. Maybe we'll be able to finish that today. But uh, Otto Porter Jr., I'm glad, so, I'm glad Sam Smith asked about him because we haven't heard much from him, haven't heard what's going on with him, how does he look, dealing with injuries all last season, not really sure where he's at physically. Uh, so Mark Eversley gave us a little bit of insight to exactly where he is at and listen to this comment because I'm going to ask you the same exact question I turned and looked at Herb Lawrence yesterday and asked him if he thought the exact same response. Take a listen to uh, what he has to say about Porter's health and how he's looked so far in minicamp. With respect to where he's going to play on the roster positionally, I'm going to leave that up to Billy. That's going to be Billy's call in terms of where he plays, whether it's a wing or a swing. Physically, he looks great. He's been a full participant in the camp thus far. I think last year when he came in, he was really bulky and heavy, and that may have contributed a little bit to some of the injuries that he suffered, but I can tell you he's in camp. He's been a full participant. You know, I'm familiar with Otto from my days with him in Washington. When he was in Washington, he was a little sleeker. I thought even though he's not a high-level athlete, but he moved a lot better. I think he's kind of getting back to that in terms of how he looks and how he's been moving. And, of course, a player like Otto brings, you know, a lot of different things to the table, especially defensively. I think he's really – he's a switchable player. We can, you know, play small forward. He can guard, you know, small fours. So – I think if we can get him back to that level, you know, he's going to help this team win games. So that was the nice way of saying that he came into camp out of shape, right, Matt? Yeah. I mean, that's what it sounded like, right? I mean, man, if that's the case, then that's a nice way. That's a really nice way to put it. Really nice way to put it. But we knew from the get-go Otto Porter wasn't 100% healthy opening night. We were talking about him at 80, 85%. And, and then all it took was one one little thing to re-aggravate the injury and all of a sudden we lose Otto Porter for basically the entire year. I, I mean, that frustrates me as, as a Bulls fan and thinking about how much money the Bulls spent and are continuing to spend. They're going to have to spend it again this year. Uh, when he picks up that that option for this final year, I mean, the dude's getting paid $27 million. You pay $27 million and you come into camp out of shape and then it contributes to your injury. It's frustrating as a Bulls fan, and I don't mean to knock and get negative on Otto Porter because I'm excited to see what he can do in, in, in this final year, but as a Bulls fan's hoping that he was going to contribute last year to come into camp out of shape and... And, and recovering from an injury and only playing a short time with the Bulls last season. You can understand Bulls fans' frustration with that, no? Yeah. I mean, I think it's certainly fair to be frustrated by that. Um, knowing that, yes, the contract was bloated, but that he could very well be a piece that the Bulls needed at a position of need. When when the Bulls made that trade and, you know, shed the the failed Jabari Parker experiment and then also, uh, you know, added in that package, our guy Bobby Portis, who was not in the team's long-term plans, Otto came in and immediately in like six games, we saw what his two-way play at the wing spot could do for that team uh, in the middle of the 18-19 season. The Bulls offensively suddenly looked way more open. There was more ball movement. There was more player movement. He was knocking down shots, and he was playing solid on the defensive end. And we were like, yep, that was a solid trade. Yes, he's overpaid, but at least he can be useful as opposed to people who are overpaid and not useful, which the Bulls have dealt with plenty over the last few years. So it's still frustrating to see maybe that somebody was not completely pushing themselves to be in the best shape possible, especially a guy like Otto, who's had all these injury, uh, you know, lingering uh, injury issues in his career. 
But the flip side and, and the thing that I think Bulls fans can hopefully be optimistic about when we hear from GM Eversley talking about Otto and his role for this team coming in is that right now he looks like he is in great shape and, you know, knock on wood, knock on all the wood you can find. But if he does come in and play this eventual 2021 NBA season for the Bulls with a good amount of health and effectiveness at that wing position, knowing also that while he's picking up this player option and is going to make another $28 million this year, he has, by and large, recently looked like a player who is paid a lot to not do a whole lot and isn't on the court a lot. So whereas sometimes players feel not you know, a, a huge urgency and, and motivation to be in their best shape and play their best basketball and be available and be on the court every night, Otto's still only 27 years old. Like, he still potentially has a couple of big-time paycheck contracts in his NBA future, and there's a lot of motivation for him right now because basically he is coming into this player option season with the label of overpaid and not very useful. So he's going to try and have to turn that around, repair his image, so that when he hits free agency, teams are looking to sign him, which might, for the Bulls next season, actually pay big dividends. It's a good point you bring up, too, about, I mean, in a regular season, a, a regular normal year, if this if 2020 was a regular normal year heading into his final year of his contract, there would already be a lot of pressure on him to perform because, like you're talking about, the, the idea that there may not be another big contract out there for Otto Porter if he doesn't show up in his final season to motivate teams to be interested in him too. The age thing only goes so far, but that is a good point. Like he still lines up with the Bulls timeline perfectly and still has plenty of time to get another big contract. He'll never get one like the the one the Wizards offered him up at 27 28 million, but there is still tremendous value in the type of player that Otto Porter is. And the only thing the reason okay, the reason why I say it frustrated me, Matt, was Rack your brain for a second and remember back to when the Bulls were playing really terrible and the losing streak was happening in December and January and the team seemed really disconnected. We were asking if Otto Porter was even at games and, you know, there would be these Snapchats and there would be these Instagrams, Instagram photos being floated around social media uh, from his stories of being out in the bars partying in Chicago at 1, 2 a.m., not with the team. Like, those types of things pissed me off more so than anything else because of the amount of money he was making and, to how badly the team was. It was just a combination of everything, too. And now understanding that maybe he came into camp out of shape and that contributed to his injury and watching him party throughout the season, too, while the Bulls were getting their ass kicked night in and night out. Just it, all of that combined together doesn't, doesn't make me feel great about where he stands, but hey, I, I can understand and have empathy for anybody who played under Jim Boylan and had to deal with that uh, for 18 months. So um, hopefully this is a new new page turn for Otto Porter Jr. and he's 100% healthy and he stays on the floor when the Bulls get back to playing, right? Yeah, and you know, for, for what it's worth... You know, you don't want to read too much into it, but I have really enjoyed seeing all this video content that the Bulls have put out on their various social media platforms over the past week or so of their mini camp bubble experience here in Chicago. 
hanging out in their hotels, you know, uh, like lobby slash playroom with the golf simulator and, uh, you know, air hockey and ping pong and, and their trip on the Chicago River cruise and their golf outing the other day. Like they look like they're having fun together in practice and in these other team building activities, which clearly AK and Eversley put on, you know, an emphasis on we, we need to get some team bonding going right now because clearly this team just suffered a really uh, difficult losing season where everybody's spirits were down by the end. And I think, you know, the, the elephant in the room is gone. We got rid of Jim. We just brought in a new coach who's going to, you know, join the process with us very soon. But in the meantime, let's have some fun. Uh, and, and let's just remember how much fun we we have when we play basketball together again. And Otto, certainly, from what we've seen in these videos, appears to be a very, uh, you know, included piece of that. And I think that that's not anything to sneeze at. I think that matters, especially when you talk about him being one of the veterans who's asked to be a leader on this on this very young team. Oh, get buckets, Otto Porter. All night long. 37 night. in a game. Man, would it be nice to see him drop 37 for the Bulls again? Multiple times once they get back on the floor. Matt, we got a lot more to talk about from Mark Eversley, including some very, very interesting comments from Eversley on Chris Dunn and why he may or may not have been a part of voluntary mini camp. And I've got some questions for you on him, too, that may change or redirect our focus on that conversation we had from a couple weeks ago. Uh, but before I do that, I want to talk to our listeners about our great sponsor in rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your daily or classic driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock auto.com all right matt let's uh let's get into the chris dunn conversation and let's hope it doesn't spark uh argument again but i think this is going to clear some stuff up but it also tells me something extremely positive about mark eversley and the front office and it's a clear example from the second time we've heard from him talk and i think is really really encouraging but first here's him talking about why he believes chris dunn didn't participate in voluntary workouts and what he's hoping to get out of Chris Dunn if he is to join them uh, at some point in the next couple of weeks. Take a listen. I think Chris decided not to participate because he's not healthy. He's on the road rehabbing by himself, which we fully support. Whether he's going to be with us going forward is a decision we'll make um, when we get together, you know, post-bubble and start talking about roster construction. Obviously, he had a great year. He's a terrific defender, and uh, when he gets back to health, hopefully he'll come back and be a full participant in the gym and work out right before free agency. So immediately, Matt, I thought to myself, I go, wait, wait, did he just say that Chris Dunn's not healthy? That he got hurt in January and he's still not healthy? Like, did he have surgery? Did did something happen over the offseason, this shutdown, that no, none of us knew about? Did you have the same reaction when you just heard that? 
Yeah, I mean, I the the way I interpreted it was that he's still recovering from the MCL that ended his season, which I mean, I guess is not entirely out of the ordinary. Sometimes those MCL sprains can linger. Um, it was what eight months ago now, nine months ago. So it is a little bit alarming if that is the injury, but it he he didn't say anything about it being a different injury. So yeah, that's what I assume is that he's still just not feeling a hundred percent healthy in that knee. So I love the fact that and I'm not going to play it for you guys, but Darnell Mayberry asked to follow up on, can you tell us of the 15 or 16 guys you guys have currently on this roster? If everybody's fully healthy, who are the ones that are not fully healthy? And I think Eversley was kind of confused by the question and also didn't want to, he didn't want to give up his response earlier in the Zoom question in the Zoom meeting about Chris Dunn and saying that part of the reason why he wasn't at voluntary camps was because he was unhealthy. Uh, he said he said Max Struess is the only one that physically is not healthy, uh, and he's still recovering from his his uh, ACL tear, and which that was terrible for him. Two way player. Hopefully he gets back and they keep continue to work with him with the Windy City Bulls, but uh, I'm glad Casey Johnson followed up with this question, Matt, because maybe we get a little bit more clarity on what he was talking about. You said he, he's not in camp because he's, quote, not healthy. That We're eight months away from that injury. That was late uh, January in, in Brooklyn. Did he have surgery? And when, what is the status of his health? When, when do you expect him to be fully healthy? So I think, Casey, I think it's probably best for me to, to defer to, like, our trainers and, and the medical crew. I don't want to, you know, sit up here and talk about Chris's case. And I think it's probably best for me to defer to the, the performance crew when we're talking about player health. So he's also asked, too, if he believes that Chris Dunn avoided voluntary workouts in training camp because of his contract. And he said he's had no discussions with anybody about Chris Dunn's contract or that being a motivating factor. Uh, I think this is just covering for Chris Dunn and not throwing Chris Dunn under the bus and ultimately hurting his free agency outlook if that's the way that he wants to go. I think... Eversley could have done one of two things in this interview right away, and something we've seen the front office do, old front office of the past do this, is throw them under the bus and make them look as bad as possible to other teams in order to save a little bit of money or help them in the negotiations for contracts. Like, Eversley could have buried Chris Dunn there and hurt, and I mean, I guess hurt him a little bit in free agency talk and start to worry other teams by, well, is he not fully healthy? Like, what's going on with him? We're not going to commit money to him if he's not. So I I appreciate and I respect a whole hell of a lot from Eversley allowing Chris Dunn to take that in his own hands and to speak on that in his own way that he wants to and allow the people that are the professionals to talk about KD's health and that being the the athletic trainers and the medical staff. What did you take away from that, though? I mean... If, if you want to read the tea leaves a little bit, what I find interesting is that Chris Dunn is one of three players on this roster carrying over from last season to this offseason to the next season that is in the situation of currently a restricted free agent who the Bulls may or may not extend a qualifying offer to. Uh, the others being Denzel Valentine and Shaquille Harrison. Denzel Valentine and Shaquille Harrison are in this Chicago minicamp bubble and participating in all these team activities. Shaquille Harrison and Denzel Valentine are also both, by all accounts, healthy and participating in these practices. 
So if it is a situation where Chris Dunn still does not feel healthy enough to play, and then that's the reason that he decided not to participate in this bubble, that's one thing. But you also kind of wonder if it is also about the contract a little bit, because what what was preventing Chris Dunn, if he wanted to, from still being a willing participant in this mini camp? And maybe he's not playing five on five with the guys, but he's there in the gym. Maybe he's doing a little bit of his own work. He's in the weight room doing what he can do in the weight room. Maybe, you know, he's on the, you know, on the treadmill. Maybe he's working one-on-one because you know what Chris Dunn could benefit from right now? Working on that three-point shot. I don't think you need a 100% healthy knee to do that. So there are things that Chris Dunn could be doing if he wanted to participate in this bubble minicamp, but he's not. So does that say something about where Chris Dunn and the Bulls are with his contract situation versus where they are with Denzel Valentine and Shaquille Harrison? I'm not saying I know one way or the other. I just am saying it seems a little curious to me. It makes sense, though, from like a a new front office perspective who who knows the history behind it probably doesn't know it as well or understand it as well as like John Paxson per se who who was in the position of having to deal with all of that day in and day out and maybe he filled them in on on sort of their relationship but it even extends back to Matt I wonder if uh if all the things that have led up to this point for Chris Dunn and the Bulls and the ups and downs we've had with him, I go back to some of the comments that still irritated me so much about Chris Dunn and you know how he was questioned about his work ethic uh, at the end of the season and uh, not wanting to work out in the offseason and Paxson called him out for that and I found that very bizarre and I don't know if those are lingering effects on top of just having a frustrating season, not really knowing his role, but also too, I, like, I'm totally cool with Chris Dunn taking it in his own hands and going out in free agency if the Bulls decide to say, you know, we're going to match your restricted, uh, we're going to match your qualifying offer and he doesn't accept it uh, or the Bulls don't match at all and he becomes an unrestricted free agent. I don't mind the Bulls telling him, hey, go out and test the market, see what's best for you and maybe we can come to some type of agreement if, if Chicago's a place that we find a fit for you and vice versa, you find a fit here long term. I think that's just going to come down to KD deciding ultimately what type of player he's in the NBA, where he sees his trajectory going and is his best fit kind of fitting into a role here in Chicago, which I thought he played really well when he was healthy, uh, besides, I guess, the three-point shooting, which uh, we can talk about that some other time. But, but I mean, dude, you know, Billy Donovan is very much so a gung-ho defense-first kind of coach. True. So maybe Donovan's arrival would have some impact on whether or not the, the Bulls front office would look to keep a player like Chris Dunn. I don't think it's about his injury either. I think this was Eversley's nice way of not answering questions for Chris. And I think I appreciate that because I would rather that happen than Gar Foreman walk out there and, and bury Jimmy Butler about his health or bury whatever guy they're trying to sign or negotiate with and and leak all this information out to have other teams question or have the fans be critical of them and all play into the parts of the negotiation of a contract. I that's part of player relationships, and Mark Eversley talked about that a ton. Talked about how you develop these relationships and getting to know these guys and understanding them. Um, I, I think it's a complete different outlook, and I appreciate that 
he didn't go out there and just air everything out about Dunn and is kind of leaving it up to him to speak for himself, which I think that's that, that's the way to go now in 2020 in the NBA is allow players to speak for themselves. And you're seeing organizations are benefiting from that more than going out there and burying a guy to save a few million in a negotiation. Yeah. And, you know, I think if, if Eversley was just trying to respect whatever uh, situation Chris Dunn is in by not speaking for him, I think that's fine. Um, I, 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 I will say though, that I think we have these weird, you know, adjusted dates and timelines because of the pandemic shutdown and how the NBA calendar is going to move forward from here. Um, and you know, once they finish the bubble in Florida, hopefully in the, in the coming weeks after that, we'll start to get dates and ideas of, okay, this is obviously we, you know, we know about the, the draft uh, date pushback. What about free agency dates? What, what are the, you know, player option deadline dates? What are the qualifying offer extension deadline dates and all that stuff? Because if we still, once those dates start rolling around, have no real understanding of, of why Chris Dunn is not in the bubble with his teammates when other players who have the same exact contract situation that he has, then then I'll start to wor- not worry, but just wonder about whether or not it has more to do with his uh, injury slash health status and his contract status. And that if Chris Dunn is in his own way with his agent trying to maneuver things because they think that their time in Chicago is over because, you know, Shaq Harrison and Denzel Valentine seem to be having a great time in this little mini camp. And I, I, I can't imagine that either of them know with 100% certainty that AK and Eversley plan on keeping both of them around. Right? No, that's a good point. And yeah, the the smiles from ear to ear I've seen at Denzel Valentine have been starkly different than uh, some of the the scowls we were seeing on the bench last year from him. Uh, man, I know he got a lot of shit, and he continues to get a lot of shit, and people think he's a bum, but I really want to see what he's able to do completely healthy and with a brand new head coach that I think is going to fit Valentine's style. Just going to be a matter physically, man. If he can still get up and down the court, if he can still... I mean, could still maintain 25, 30 minutes on that knee. Like, those are a few of the issues I have with him, but it's good to see him. Like, it's good to see all of the players, like, finally happy in a positive mindset. And, like, Lowry Markinen, how, how much does he look like? I don't know if you've watched any of the videos uh, of his interview, and I know he did a short one with the Bulls Twitter and Adam Amin, but, man, the dude can't stop smiling ear to ear. And, and it seems like that's been the common theme of all of these Bulls players over the last couple of weeks, and I love it. Yeah, and even another one that the Bulls Twitter account put out just earlier today of them singing Happy Birthday, uh to Gafford was just like so heartwarming and just these these guys are all smiling and it's like god we we didn't see these guys smiling like at all other than Zach Levine's dagger against the Hornets when did we see anybody on this team smile last season it's so true it's so damn true man I mean we are so far removed from <laughs> fighting in training camps and getting punched in the face and having to apologize in the third person and blowing up your whole entire season before it even started. 
Oh, we're so far away from that. And Eversley spoke on that too. He said the most important thing about this mini camp is keeping guys healthy and making sure we are not injuring anybody here, which is huge. Knowing that each guy has a different individual plan and some guys can press a little bit harder than other guys and we need to maintain that and the focus and the goal is to keep guys healthy throughout training camp uh the final thing is going off of injuries matt the bulls hiring a brand new athletic director or i guess what's his official title head personal trainer todd campbell and here's from mark eversley just uh what he brings to the table what he thinks of todd campbell and he also mentioned too that one of the biggest things that stuck out to him when he first took over the roster and got a chance to evaluate was the amount of injuries that this team had. We did hire Todd Campbell. You know, he brings 16 years of experience to the group, you know, both from a physical therapist standpoint and a strength and conditioning standpoint. Yeah, it it is one of the things that obviously stands out is they have been ravaged with injuries over the past couple of years. And, you know, it's one of our focal points going forward is actually identifying, you know, what are some of the things that they were doing prior? What are they doing now? And what can we do going forward to help predict some of those injuries going forward? Whether it's you're talking about load management, going into the bubble, one of the things that was a a focal point for us was making sure that we don't put our players in harm's way in terms of just kind of throwing them out there. And the performance staff has done a really great job about monitoring, you know, loads and levels and output. And, you know, we've seen the results of that already. You know, the first couple of days in the bubble, quite honestly, the basketball was sloppy. I mean, it was great to see them out there, but, you know, the last three or four days, you know, the basketball, the level is like really risen to a nice level. And I think the health and wellness of our players will continue to be, you know, a focus for us and making sure that we're putting them in a proper environment to succeed. I love hearing that. I I absolutely love hearing that. And that's something that that Bulls fans don't want to see a ton of going forward. And I'm glad they're addressing that and addressing it quickly is the fact that guys, guys can't be constantly hurt. And we can't start the season with two or three guys with nagging injuries and not at 100% needing to understand that and continue to keep guys healthy too. I mean, we don't need to relist all of the injuries of the past and the the headaches that have gone on with that. But I did find it interesting that he talked about load management. What would you what did you what do you think about load management for some of the players? Thinking more along the lines of guys like Zach Levine who has injury history in the past, his ACL and ankles and same thing with Lowry Markinen. What do you think about them implementing load management or if they should trade for a star and a guy that is going to need that? Do you like that idea or are you still kind of on the fence about that throughout the regular season? I mean, to me, hearing uh, the the Bulls' new GM talk about load management was like so silly, because when I think load management, I think superstar player having a night off or only playing, you know, twenty five to thirty minutes in a in a game that your team is winning handily. That is load management to me. Whether you're talking about Kawhi, LeBron, Giannis this year who, you know, with his insane efficiency and how good that Milwaukee Bucks team was only needing to play like barely 30 minutes a night, that is load management. That is a, you know, that is a rich people problem. That's a white people problem. That is a top 1% problem. To me, the Bulls as an organization are nowhere near worrying about quote-unquote load management because I think of teams who are like, (laughs) we need to save our star player for our championship run. So... To me, it's like, okay, well, yes, if if that's one of the things that, that you're going to put into your conversation about how do we try our best to, 
take this team that has been so ravaged and riddled by injuries over the past few seasons and stop that pattern and keep them healthier, something in in the world of quote unquote load management will be a part of that conversation. But to me, like my my gut reaction is that just sounds silly. Like the Bulls don't need to worry about load management. They need to worry about winning more than 22 games. That was good stuff from Mark Eversley, man. Uh, you have any final takeaways from that? I, I mean, I encourage, I don't know if the Bulls put it out on their YouTube or not, but I hope they did because other organizations around the city have been doing this and they've been doing a really good job of it, is allowing fans to listen in on all of these press conferences and Zoom meetings. And uh, if you do get a chance, if they do have it posted. Yeah, all of these Bulls ones are on YouTube. The fantastic. Chicago Bulls official YouTube channel. The All of the AK and Eversley interviews are all there. Awesome. I highly suggest going and taking a listen to the 20 minutes of him going back and forth. The The guy is is filled with so much passion, so much honesty, transparency, empathy. I, I think it's... It, it. I'm blown away the more times I hear him and AK talk. I continue to be blown away by the hire, and I understand now why the Bulls hired Mark Eversley to be that guy. I mean, Matt... Here's a one small tidbit before we get out of here. He was so nice and cordial. He was apologizing for his internet connection on the Zoom at the end. Like, he's like, I'm so sorry, guys, about my internet connection. I know it's not great. Uh, he was chopping it up with some of the beat reporters, too, trying to establish those relationships. So I, I, I'm I'm totally down, down for that. Down for that as opposed to the hostility that it seemed like it was every time uh, Garpax stepped up to the mic. But, man, I, I'm so excited to have Eversley and AK here. Absolutely, man. A um, couple of final thoughts as we get out of here. I'm sure you saw my Cubs do or die game two got postponed because of Chicago weather. Um, so that won't happen until tomorrow. Good luck to your White Sox in their do or die game three against the A's. First pitch is actually just a few minutes away. Um, and most importantly, can we just take a moment to celebrate the fact that today is the first day of 31 days without C. Red Fred on Bulls Twitter. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful thing. Pound sand. Oh, man. Uh, he's going to be stir-crazy as hell. He's going to start going on, like, real GM message boards under the Chicago threads just to get his fix of of Bulls takes out or something. But uh, oh, I, I feel bad for his kids who are going to have to listen to his Bulls rants more than they usually do. <laughs> oh, man. Fred will be refreshed and ready to go November 1st, though, and that'll be just uh, two weeks shy of the NBA draft if, that, if everything holds in place. Uh, but I think that's going to about do it here on Locked on Bulls. Thanks so much for listening. I know we went longer than we normally do on some of these episodes, but uh, if you're sticking around listening to all 45 minutes, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Our conversation on Mark Eversley and what he had to say yesterday. Uh, but Matt, I want to kind of get into Adam Silver tomorrow because he spoke right before the finals, and I think he had some interesting and important things to address with the season looking forward and how the timeline might shake out. And also, maybe we'll hear from a couple players as well. You guys can drop your thoughts at 331-979-1369. We're on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked on Bulls. Again, 331-979-1369, the place to hit us up. Thanks to our sponsors in DoorDash and RockAuto.com for sponsoring today's show, for being a sponsor all week in the last several weeks, and RockAuto.com being with us for the last several months. So go check their sponsors out. Support our sponsors when you support them. You're supporting us here at Locked On Bulls and appreciate all of us, 
all of you listeners out there subscribing and listening to us every single day. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. We've had some boots to asses, and we'll continue to have that. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. 